We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And uh, first I wanted to ask you, Ben, about that now that I can uh, hear you. Uh, so, Colin, uh, do you anticipate that that uh, injury right now might be near that minimum 10 days or how uh, he's been so durable too, by the way, it's just so weird to see him even on the injured list. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we've got to learn more here over the next day or two. Um, you know, he was pretty sore yesterday and I think, uh, um, you know, what we saw on that play at first base was that, you know, he made kind of a, an aggressive move towards the runner. And after he caught the line driving, that's, that's when he felt it. So, uh, because, um, you know, these, these sometimes these injuries uh, act differently if it's the, if it's the result of a kind of an acute situation like that, uh, single move versus where whether you know if it was like a more of an overuse thing, gradual um, onset. So we'll see. Um, as you said, he's been very durable. Obviously, a big part of the team, and want him back out there as soon as we can. But um, I think we'll know more here in the next two or three days how he responds. Okay, and uh, with Key Brian Hayes. Uh, procedural matter as he's moved from the 10-day to the 60-day injured list. And a lot of times uh, you, you see that and you go, oh, my goodness, uh, is, is there a setback? But Derek Shelton said, no setback. Um, is this something where uh, you're looking at, all right, well, if he goes and, and exhausts those 20 days down in a minor league rehab assignment, uh, if there's an intake procedure, uh, you're going to get, I think it's the third day of June or, or so when he'd be eligible to come back. Is that kind of the thought process there? Yeah, no, as Chelsea said, uh, no setback. He's uh, continuing to progress. As we had, we had started to map out a return to play for him over the last several days, and it was you know, going to be in that early June neighborhood once we built in games. I, you know, now, now that he's been down for a while, we do need to, you know, we're going to need to go through a, a game progression, sort of get his legs built back up and get him used to playing nine innings again. So we've got to build that in anyway. Uh, we'd expect and, and hope, um, you know, based on where he is currently, that, um, you know, he's got a chance to, uh, you know, be ready around when that 60 days would be up, which would be right during that, um, you know, first week in June. So just a procedural move today to open up the 40-minute spot. Yeah, that uh, when you're on the 60-day uh, injured list, uh, you can bring a player onto the 40-man roster. That player today is Troy Stokes, Jr., the outfielder. Uh, I would assume his position has a lot to do with it, but he also looked pretty good in spring training. Why did you want to have him up? Yeah, you know, uh, interesting young player, uh, you know, a guy we had uh, acquired, obviously, um, you know, from the Tigers, uh, originally with Milwaukee, you know, young, signed out of high high school in Maryland, um, young athletic player with some power and uh, can play all three outfield positions, runs pretty well. Had a good, pretty, pretty good spring training. Hit for some power, and um, he showed some power already uh, early in the season with Indy. Uh, so a guy that covers us well in the outfield and um, is a threat from the right side, and obviously the staff knows well for spring training. So um, you know, looking forward to seeing Troy in the major leagues, and, and you know, you know, big deal for him. This is his first time, so cool moment for him. 
Yeah, it's uh, uh, to say the least. I think he'll be uh, excited, especially at Wrigley Field today. Are these all the moves that you anticipate uh, for today? Um, I, I think we will have uh, something else coming coming in, um, sort of trying to wrap it up <laughs> right before the radio show started. So still working through some communication, but I, I think more than likely we will have uh, a move for uh, another position player who probably would not join the team today, but we would be acquiring. Um, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have an internal move to make, to make that uh, obviously corresponding roster move. So that should be coming out here shortly, just as we get in touch with the players. Um, and I think, uh, you know, really just, you know, as we've worked through the last two or three days, obviously um, we've got some guys banged up Moran on the IL um, Reynolds. We're trying to take it a day at a time with and learn more um, and, you know, want to at least, uh, you know, give that till tomorrow, kind of see how he responds today and tomorrow. He's feeling better, uh, but we want to be careful with that one. Um, and then we just, you know, we've got a lot of guys who've played a lot. And uh, so we wanted to add another, uh, position player to the group if we could and so I think we'll do that today there'll be a corresponding move and um, you know uh, we'll we'll be able to share that shortly certainly before game time uh, once we once we're able to talk to all the players okay and it, 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 I almost feel guilty for having you on <laughs> in the midst of you trying to do your your main no, job this, uh, this, this radio this radio so I should know better Okay, good, good. Uh, th th just to clue you in on the life of a general manager, I, I think on a lighter uh, day we'll talk about uh, your, your Christmas Eve uh, again. It's always <laughs> so fascinating to me to, to, to what you guys go through on, on, a, on a yearly basis here. So uh, I wanted to ask about first base, and I don't know this. Uh, I'm not trying to pry on if, if this is the move uh, per se, but uh, the Pirates have had the most productive first base uh, in the National League uh, so far this season in terms of OPS. Uh, obviously, uh, the Pirates uh, have not fared overall that well offensively. So that's a position I think that you'd want to at least uh, have have a stopgap there that could hit a little bit. I would think, right? Whether it's on the roster or well, not. Yeah, and whether it's you know, I, I think I think really what we want to do is just make sure that we have uh, you know the strongest, deepest position player group that we can while guys are recovering. Um, and part of doing that is simply to build as much flexibility under the roster. So you have guys who can, you know, you may have guys who can, who could play the outfield, but could move to first base if um, we added an outfielder, et cetera. So um, you may see guys, you know, being used in different spots, but we, what we want to, we want to try to do is, you know, as guys are working back from uh, soreness or injury is make sure that we have a deep enough group of players so that we do not put other players in a position where they're doing too much, and risking injury to those guys. I think that's, um, you know, that, that's as, you know, as big of a concern as um, getting guys back is that we're not asking so much of guys who are current, who are in the lineup today, for example, uh, where we risk an injury with them over the next few days, then we just get into a deeper hole. So trying to, um, you know, keep our position, position player group as deep as we can as we manage through this. Uh, every team's going to go through this during a year, you know, sort of when it rains, it pours type thing. And um, we're going through ours right now. And um, so, you know, we want to want to stay as deep as we can in the meantime, and then obviously put our energy in towards uh, getting guys back uh, healthy and in, in a safe way and, and ready to compete as soon as we can. 
want to give you a, a chance to take a break so you can complete the, <laughs> uh, your <laughs> roster moves here in a minute. We've, 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 got other, we've got other people working here. So okay, we, yeah, we that's why you got to step. We can delegate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I got a couple more to ask you about uh, before we do take that break. Uh, what, what, I know you can't comment specifically on Gregory Polanco. What's next for him? Is he around the team? Is he going to return soon? What can you tell us about Polanco, if anything? Yeah, yeah. well, what I can tell you is we'd expect him um, back on the team, on the active roster soon. Um, you know, we, uh, as, as Shelty has, has shared, uh, you know, not much we can or uh, can share beyond that he's on the IL and that there would be a process to get him back, um, you know, onto the active roster. But I would expect that that would happen soon. And, um, you know, he's doing everything he needs to do right now to accommodate that. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll get there as soon as we can. It's not, this is not a 10 day situation necessarily. Okay. And then uh, how about Chad Cool? I saw him throwing on the field uh, yesterday. So is he nearing a return? And if so, uh, what role, what, uh, what town, uh, <laughs> Indy or, or the Pirates, or any uh, definitive word on that yet? Yeah, you know, I think, I think we're still um, certainly with Chad and given the point in the season we're at, we still got a lot of time. So uh, I think our focus would be to, to get him back into a, um, a schedule where he can build his pitch count a bit and that that would – most likely include uh, getting into, into some minor league games uh, somewhere uh, during that, whether that's, you know, the next time out or, you know, I think, you know, Oscar and Sheltier are still working through that with him, with our, with our, our training and performance staff. Um, but I, I think we'd like to see him, we'd like to, we'd like to help him get built up. And we'd also like part of that to be uh, in minor league games before he's back in, in major league games. So, uh, but he's, he's heading the right direction. Feels good. Um, you know, not feeling anything, uh, hasn't had a – every day has been a step forward since he – really since he went on the I.L. So we'd expect that he'll continue to progress, and we'll see him before too long. All right. Well, that's all the housekeeping I got so far. <laughs> Imagine what you're going through. We'll, we'll take a 10-second uh, station ID here on the Ben Charrington Show here along the Pirates Radio Network. KDKAF HD1 Pittsburgh. This is Pirates Baseball on the Pirates Radio Network. And we'll hear more from Pirates General Manager Ben Charrington right after this here on the Pirates Radio Network. We're back with Pirates General Manager Ben Charrington. The Pirates and the Cubs coming up from Chicago in just a little bit. And, uh, Ben, I want to ask you about uh, with the minor leagues now uh, starting, and thank goodness for that, uh, is the alternate site closed down? Is, uh, is the taxi squad still a thing? G- give us an idea of what, the, uh, what to anticipate with all that now. Yeah, sir. I think uh, I think we can. Yeah, I think we can think about it that way. The alternate site is shut down. We have a team in Indianapolis playing while well, they're actually in Iowa uh, right now, playing uh, real minor league baseball games. And um, as you've seen, we've already uh, had situations where we've called player, recalled players, or called players from Iowa back to the big leagues, including Troy Stokes today. So um, I think we're nudging towards a little bit a little bit of normalcy there and certainly hope that continues uh there is still uh the accommodation for a taxi squad while the major league team is on the road uh so if we choose to we can take up to uh five extra players with the major league team on road trips and that's really a that's really a decision we can make and probably we will do that sometimes uh probably will depend a little bit on where we're going uh, how difficult the travel is, um, 
between our AAA team and Major League team, depending on where both those teams were. So, for example, uh, today the Major League team's in Chicago, AAA team is in Des Moines. It's a pretty easy car ride, um, so we didn't really feel like we needed a taxi squad, uh, which is usually time to get someone in a car. The benefit of not having a taxi squad is that those players can actually compete and play in games and stay stay ready. Um, obviously, the downside of the taxi squad is those guys are, are just practicing and not playing in games. When we were in San Diego, uh, we did take some players with us on the taxi squad. Obviously, the travel is harder. So it'll, it'll just depend um, on where both teams are, but we can still do that for road trips. Because I would imagine if uh, they had to fly commercially, then they have to go back through the intake process. So that's, that's why right. That's so, right. Okay, yep. so when they're far away, then you need them. Uh, what about uh, what is your thought process here with um, – and, and knowing you, I guess, uh, now a little bit, I, I think I know the answer, but is, is there a set time that you'd like uh, players in the minor leagues to get their feet underneath them before you consider calling them up uh, versus, I know today's a need-based um, call-up, but um, do, do you want, uh, versus, say, uh, underperformance rather than injury, if, if you see someone performing well uh, at AAA or even AA, okay, it's time to call them up after four games, ten games, two months, is there a threshold you're looking at? Well, I think you made the distinction there, really, in the way you asked that question. Um, in that, and this this probably applies to promotions even between minor league teams, also, um, in as much as from AAA to the major leagues. But yeah, sometimes there is a need. Ben, we're having a hard time hearing you. I don't know if we've lost you on our end or if uh, cell service is cut out. But we'll rejoin Ben here in a moment. Any better oh, now? Ben, we got you now. Okay. Well, we can hear okay. you now. I'm sorry about that. All right. My, my apologies. Um, Last we yeah, heard, so as you were talking about, uh, it could apply to the minor leagues uh, within the minor leagues promoting them as well. Yeah, yeah. So just in the way you asked the question, I think that's a good distinction is that sometimes you would make a move based on need. Um, you know, you just you need a player, you need a player at a certain spot, and this is the player that's best uh, positioned to pr- provide that and play that role. Um, and you see a lot of that, not just at the major league level, but the minor league level too. And then the other occasion can be, you know, when a player simply forces our hand, um, you know, has accomplished – in our estimation, everything that they can accomplish, not just on the field with performance, but um, maybe just as importantly off the field with their work ethic, their practice, teammate, et cetera, checking all those boxes, and they sort of make the decision for us. And um, you see that happen too. It's probably less frequent. Um, And then there's maybe some shades of gray in between those two things, but um, you know, by and large, yeah, it's real. It's it, it's still really early in the minor league season. So I think if we made moves this early, um, you know, more often than not, they're going to be of the need variety. Uh, you know, we want to get into the season and um, you know see what guys do and see guys' performance on the field and their and their routines off the field before we consider um, you know sort of permanent merit-based <laughs> promotion, so to speak, if that's what you want to call it. I just think I'm just so excited to see the minor league games back. We could actually watch guys playing and, and uh, you know, uh, be the amateur evaluator that I am and just watch and see and see what they're doing. It's fun to follow that, too. We'll take a break here. Ben Sherrington joins us on the Ben Sherrington Show and more to come right after this here on the Pirates Radio Network.
And we're back with Ben Sherrington here on the Ben Sherrington Show. And uh, during the break, Ben, uh, you made some roster moves. Man, you're a busy guy. I, I <laughs> it's, uh, Remarkable how, how that works. Uh, wanted to ask you about uh, the moves uh, that were made in addition to the ones we've already talked about here. So the Pirates have claimed outfielder Ben Gamble. And uh, what do you like about Ben, and uh, when will he be with the club? Yeah, so, you, you know, you're... You're probably familiar with Ben. Obviously, he's you know played in played in the division and played in the big leagues now for several years. Um, left-hand hitting outfielder who uh, again can play all three positions. Um, I think generally speaking, as 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 everyone knows, we've uh, been beaten up a little bit in the outfield, and obviously now um, you know trying to manage through Reynolds' situation, and obviously hopeful that that continues to get better. He's progressing. We want to protect ourselves uh, there, so he can play all three, hit from the left side. Has been a you know a, a good effective major league player um, over the last several years and really good reputation as a teammate. So looking forward to welcome Ben. Um, optimistic that uh, we'd be able to get him um, into our clubhouse uh, by tomorrow night's game. So knock on wood, we're, we're going to try to do that anyway. And uh, so that's that. And then um, yeah, in order to make those moves. Um, that that's a 40 man spot. So we did uh, designate Michael Feliz for assignment. Um, and uh, so we'll work through the process with him and that sort of, that obviously opens up a spot on the pitching staff. So we've also recalled uh, Jeff Hartley for today's game. And uh, why the decision on Feliz? Yeah. You know, it's uh, Michael's done a you know, pretty good job for the pirates. And um, you know, the truth is he's um, out of options. And uh, so, you know, probably in a position where uh, it, was a, it was a little bit harder as we looked at the 40-man need. We, we needed to open up a 40-man spot and looked at the options, um, you know, trying to, again, think about where we are in the season, still really early, and maintaining uh, as much depth as we possibly can. We wanted to obviously, you know, try to hold on to guys that are playing, you know, the most meaningful roles in the major leagues and also guys who uh, have options remaining really valuable as we get deeper into the season and um, just felt like Feliz was probably the spot we needed to use and uh, you know appreciate what he's done for the Pirates and we'll wish him well uh, where he ends up. And uh, and for Hartley too, um, I, I don't know if I could characterize it as a surprise uh, that he didn't make the club out of spring training because he was such a, a good part of the Pirates bullpen last year. Uh, I think it speaks in part to some of the depth of the bullpen this year, uh, of course, why he didn't make the club out of spring training. He was up earlier this year but did not pitch. Is this one of those things where um, you, you've just had a very good bullpen and, uh, and he's just another one of those guys that could probably fit right in? Is that why he's the choice here? Yeah, I think, I, I think it's partly that and partly, and partly to, to Jeff's credit, uh, when he was optioned out in spring training, you know, he, it, we did so with a, a pretty clear – um, you know, message and uh, sure enough, he you know took that and went right after it and worked at it. And it was really just around you know more strikes and dominating the strike zone and and leveraging counts. And uh, since the day he's option, he's been focused on that. He was doing that uh, at the alt site games um, in April. And then obviously we haven't played a lot of AAA games yet, but um, when he's been in there, he's been sharp. Uh, so. He's got really good stuff. We know that it's, it's a little bit of a different look with the slot of the sinker um, and the breaking ball and unique look for right-handers. So, um, you know, we know he's capable of doing a good job in the major leagues and looking forward to seeing him back. 
All right, so that uh, recaps all the moves uh, that have been made today, uh, mostly during this show. Uh, you are a wonder. <laughs> we'll take a break. I want to ask you about Mother's Day coming up uh, and your grandma uh, taking you to ball games. So I'll give you a, a minute to marinate on that. Uh, we'll take a break. And Very more good. With ben. Yes, more with Ben right after this here on the Pirates Radio Network. Back with Pirates General Manager Ben Charrington. The Pirates and the Cubs coming up in just a little bit. Happy Mother's Day to you and yours. And, and Ben, I wanted to first give you an opportunity uh, to talk about um, uh, the women in your life that have been uh, helpful. I wanted to share with you, my great-grandmother took me to my first game, and she was uh, actually, at two, I had two great-grandmothers growing up that both really loved baseball, and they were the ones that really started to get me uh, into the game. And I read that your grandmother uh, took you to games, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity, first of all, to say uh, uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in your life, and then uh, tell us a little bit about your grandmother's uh, effect of, of your love for the game of baseball. Well, I appreciate you asking the question, and I would like to start with Happy Mother's Day. Um, first to my wife, Tyler, who's uh, uh, the mom that I spend the most time with right now, and uh, thank God for her. And to my own mom, uh, who's up in Maine right now as we speak, I think. And uh, and then all the moms that we work with uh, for the Pirates, with the Pirates, um, work with as colleagues, and also, um, uh, you know, significant others of, of the folks that we work with. The Pirates, um, it's a special day, and, and obviously a lot of sacrifice comes with uh, these jobs. And so appreciate the moms and our all the moms in our lives for sure, and fans as well. Uh, it's, it's a special day. Um, so, yeah, so my grandmother, I, I think it, I think that in terms of actually introduction to baseball, it, it, was, it, it was my dad who, you know, drove me to my first Little League practice. So um, that was my first introduction to baseball. But introduction to Major League Baseball, was really through my grandmother and basically what happened is my grandmother was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is just across the river from Boston. And my grandfather passed away when I was two months old. So my grandmother was living by herself for most of my childhood. And after my grandfather died, she kind of got even more into the Red Sox uh, as a pastime and she became a bigger fan at that time. And so by the time I came along and was old enough to go to games, I became her uh, tag team, I guess, date <laughs> to the games. And so what she would, two or three weekends um, every summer, she would drive up to New Hampshire, which was about two and a half hours, pick me up, drive back. I'd spend the weekend. We'd go to a couple games. She'd drive me back to New Hampshire, drop me off. And um, I have very vivid memories of that. And this was Fenway Park when you could – uh, you know, bring bring a lunch in. So I, I have vivid memories of uh, preparing the lunch uh, in my grandmother's kitchen in Cambridge and um, either taking the tea. Occasionally we'd actually walk, but uh, sometimes we'd take the tea into the game, go to the game, you get in, you're always in the bleachers, sit in the bleachers, um, open your brown bag of lunch, watch the game. Uh, you know, distinct, vivid memories of um, Jim Rice, um, uh, Dwight Evans, Tony Armas. By then, I think it was mostly after Fred Lynn was gone. But those, those that that outfield and the, and the numbers on their backs because we were sitting in bleachers. So I have vivid memories of that. Uh, but yeah, that that's probably when I got hooked on Major League Baseball uh, through her. So really appreciate you. Uh, Rita was her name, and she passed away when I was uh, um, a senior in high school, I think. So she's got a. She's got a brick at Fenway Park with her name on it. We made sure she was uh, always mem mem remembered at Fenway. 
Oh, that's a wonderful story, Ben. I, I'm so glad you shared that with us, too, because uh, I, I think there are a lot of people around the game, uh, men and women, uh, whose moms, grandmothers, uh, women in their lives uh, had a big impact on, on why they love the game so much, and it's so neat to hear your particular story on this Mother's Day, too. Um, wanted to ask you a couple more things. We do have uh, about three more minutes left with you before you make some more transactions. No, I'm just kidding. You, I think you're done for the day, at least. Uh, why the fourth coach in the minor leagues? I noticed that you were intended on doing that last year, and uh, is that just to get some more instruction on these guys, more uh, uh, like, like they do with uh, in schools, right? They have a, f a smaller class size? Well, I think that's right. I think, and, you know, what we're – you know, what we're focused on, obviously, is getting the best possible coaching with our players. And uh, you've got a five-month minor league season. And so, you know, really, that's the period of time that you have more, uh, you know, just more touch points with players than any other period of the year. It's it's a longer period than spring training. It's a longer period than any off-season program. So when we think about staff, um, you know, my belief is that, you know, we really – we really need to emphasize that five-month uh, period of the season, or in this case, in this year, I guess it's a little longer than five months. Um, and then, of course, we want to make sure those staffs are full of people with different skill sets. Obviously, you're going to have a pitching coach, um, but we want to have people who can do a great job with defensive coaching, obviously the hitting. Uh, you've got a manager. Um, you know, we want to sort of hit all the skill areas. And then the other part of it is that there's just more information to take care of, more information to um, look at, to analyze, to process, and share back with players. And um, it requires time and effort and bandwidth, and you need people to do that. We also have um, we have, we have uh, additional people on staff, ops assistants who are help working side by side with the coaching staff, um, sharing information, you know, setting up technology things of that nature. Uh, but it's a real collaboration, and uh, it's such a critical time during the year to have, have a, a really strong staff around the players. Well, Ben, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us while you had so much going on today. And uh, thanks again for sharing uh, that great story about your grandmother, Rita, and uh, also uh, for uh, breaking down all the moves that the Pirates made today. Uh, let you go, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks again, Ben. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks. All right, that's Pirates General Manager Ben Sherrington. To recap uh, the moves today for the Pirates, uh, they placed Colin Moran on the 10-day injured list with a left groin strain. And uh, Troy Stokes Jr. had his contract selected from AAA Indianapolis. He's an outfielder. And Key Brian Hayes was moved from the 10-day to the 60-day injured list. He was probably going to be coming back in early June anyway. That's when he'll be first eligible. The Pirates also claim outfielder Ben Gamble off of waivers from Cleveland. He's 28 years old and can play all three outfield positions. He's played with the Yankees and the Mariners and with Cleveland this year with the Brewers for a couple of years as well. Michael Feliz was designated for assignment. That allows uh, Gamble to have a spot on the active roster. Jeff Hartlieb, to replace Feliz, uh, was called up uh, from Indianapolis. Uh, he was already up earlier this season but did not pitch for the Pirates. Of course, he was a big part of the Pirates' bullpen last year. And uh, Ben also said that Gamble uh, is, uh, they're hoping that he'll be active tomorrow. Uh, Brian Reynolds also banged up right now uh, with lower body soreness. Uh, Derek Shelton saying he is going to get another a day off today uh, with the raw weather in, uh, in uh, Chicago too. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to be back for the Pirates soon, but uh, no 
definitive word on that yet. So that's going to be it for the Ben Charrington Show today. The Pirates and the Cubs are coming up. The final game of the three-game series from Chicago's really Wrigley Field right after this here on the Pirates Radio Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.